And welcome to episode 12 of the LA Rams UK podcast. Hope everyone is well. It's Chris here and I will be your host this week. So our Rams have been on a bye week, hopefully all relaxed and recharged as we all are because we were very, very bored at the weekend not being able to watch any of our Rams on the TV. So we go into week 10, 5 and 3, ready to face the Steelers at Heinz Field. So Tonight we're going to maybe follow a little bit of a slightly different format. Uh, we may, well, we are going to actually look at a sort of half-season review, go go through a few things on there, then obviously look into into this week's game against the Steelers, go through any news around the NFL and, and obviously within the team as we always do, and then answer your questions, which we are always happy to take. And thank you for obviously sending those in. But tonight I have with me is Jordan. How are you, my friend? Yeah, not bad, mate. Cheers. And Aaron, how are you? Very good, mate. Yeah, very good. Unfortunately, the Cooper Cup lover, the godfather Tony, is unfortunately unable to join us once again this evening. Uh, he will, his, You will hear his dulcet tones in the near future, I suspect. So, we were on the bye week last week. Um, we obviously had a, a thought of what can we actually not bore you guys for the next maybe 10-15 minutes, but maybe go through and have a look at where we've, we are and where we situate ourselves so far. So, Jordan, five and three. What's your feelings on that? Probably, I think I had us at six and two uh, before the season. I thought that's where we would be. So we're, I guess we're not not a million miles away, but I think offensively, I think we're still a good bit away. Obviously, the last couple of weeks we've kind of stepped up a little bit, but albeit so we've been against probably two of the worst teams in the NFL. So if the Take it slightly with a pinch of salt, but improvement's improvement. You can only play what's in front of you and all that kind of cliched stuff. So I think we're getting there, hopefully, after the bye week. You know, it's obviously right in the middle of the, the schedule, so hopefully we can really attack the second half of the season and, and uh, push for the playoffs. That's That's got to be the aim. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that. And, and like you say, it's who we've played in the, in the last couple of weeks and However, we we still conceded points and there was still obviously plays against us which we've obviously got to watch out for. But but Aaron, what what's your thoughts on the on the five and three? What I can't even remember what I had it down as I don't know if anybody's got it <coughs> well, in front no, of them. But... Well that that's what I'm here for, mate. I've got it right. I've got it open oh, here. It's, and, like uh... I, it's like I meant that. <laughs> so as similar to what Jordan was saying, we pretty much either had five and three. That was Tony had five and three, Luke had five and three. Chris, you actually uh, had this down as uh, seven and one. So you were yeah, the optimist op- here. The optimist. I won't mention who the loss was against because we don't talk about them anymore. But um, no. the rest of no. And there, there was two guys. Jordan had six and two. Uh, Rob had six and two, and I had six and two. Sorry, so three of us. So yeah, maybe just for some of us, it's where we expected, or just just below that. Um, so it's not that bad. I think the. The worst feeling about it is that we're in a division where we've got two other teams who are doing better than us. And uh, we weren't expecting 49ers to, to do as well as they've started. And uh, Seattle Seahawks, you imagine, would be around that 
spot because they always put up a challenge. So I think it's because of those two and where they're at, it's made us feel a little bit worse about the record. But, you know, if we go ahead and, like Big Wit said, go and win the rest of those games, we can still finish with the same record we had last year with 13-3. and three. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom. We've definitely got a lot of winnable games coming up. So just to, just on that note, in terms of where we expected ourselves to be, at the end of the season, Jordan, you understand us 12-4. and four. Tony was 11-5. and five. I had 13 and 3. Chris, you had 13 and 3. Luke had 11 and 5. And Rob had 13 and 3. So at least three losses was expected um, and a maximum of five. So hopefully we only only pick up two more, if any. I think we're, we're okay at the moment. It's just hopefully 49ers drop some, some games there, get us back in uh, contention. I think it's exactly like you just said, though. Um, you. Do you think we will be in a strong enough position if we get to 11 and 5, 10 and 6? Jordan, what's your thoughts on And Do you think that will be a strong enough position to get us into that wild card position? I think is probably where it's where it maybe looking at. I think you're probably going to need at least 11 wins. Um, just kind of, I think 6, well, Rams are what, 7th seed just now, I think. I think the two above are the, the Vikings. On six and three, and the Seahawks on six and two, maybe, and then there's a few teams below us with with five wins, but they've played the game more, so they're five and four. Uh, I think the Panthers are one of those, so it looks like it's going to be tight. I mean, there's a few things like so the Seahawks. I was reading earlier have only actually beaten. I could be wrong, but I'm sure this is what I read. One team that have got a an over 500 record and that was obviously ourselves so I mean the likes of them they've not they've not had the, the toughest of schedule and I don't think the 49ers have either we all need to play each other Seahawks and Niners need to play each other twice we need to play them once each so there's going to be potential for teams to take take off each other so you know it's, I think it's going to be tight and it's going to be to take 11 wins to, to get into the playoffs at a minimum I would say yeah, I think I kind of agree with you on that. And like you say, everyone's going to potentially take points off each other and take wins off each other. It's, And I think we will need potentially some help from, from other parts of the NFC as well. But we've only going to, as they say, beat what's in front of us um, and do as much as we can. It's simple as that, really, isn't it? So looking as a, as a team and, and maybe even individuals... I will come to you first, Aaron. Shall we say we start with offensive players slash players of the season so far for you? Well, it might be a bit obvious. Most people might say it. But for me, it's it's going to be Cooper Cup. Our offensive line has some, some issues still. And it's had you know personnel in and out, which is excusable. So it's hard to maybe pick someone from there. Well, I felt Edwards has done quite well filling in. But in terms of standout players, it's got to be Cup, I think. Just the way he's performing at the moment, especially coming off of the injury. Putting up some good numbers. I believe he's third now in terms of yardage. So, yeah, that'd be definitely Cup for me. Uh, I think I think Weddle's done quite well coming in as the vet. He's uh, he's done quite well there. What offence? No, sorry, offence. What am I talking about? I'm I haven't got on next question. Defense. Just wait. It- Slow down. <laughs> I'm sure he can play offense as well. I'm, I'm jumping ahead of the questions here. I'm predicting defense. <laughs> but yeah, 
But no, yeah, Cooper <laughs> Cup would be my one. Okay, yeah, I think I would probably agree with you there in relation to Cup. I think it's the relationship that him and Goff have definitely got is blooming even more. Um, you see that he is on course to get one of these fabulous NFL awards that they seem to make up names of comeback player of the year. God knows what they'll end up starting making names up for for other awards. Um, anyway, um, but no, I, I don't think I can sort of disagree on that. I think he is definitely the, the shining star of the wide receiver core. I don't think you can obviously say the other two guys that aren't doing it and, and even Josh Reynolds when he's coming in and doing what he needs to do. I think Robert Woods actually does the dirty work potentially more than the other two. Um, but Cup is obviously putting the numbers on the board. So, so yeah, I agree with you on that one. Jordan? You can't really pick him off, so I don't think. He's leading by about, what, 300 321 yards more receiving yards than them on the team he's got 5 total receiving touchdowns the full team's got 11 receiving touchdowns so he's accounting for nearly half of those 20 more receptions than anyone else so you, you can't really go away from him um, obviously haven't had much rushing which we might come on to I suppose so that kind of rules out any of the running backs and even the, the lines so and Goff's obviously had his, his, his troubles, so I think Cooper Cup's the, the obvious one, the only one. And, and that's probably the surprise, really, that I probably this time last year, the first one you would probably have said would have been Gurley. And I think that's maybe even the sort of evolution of the the offence that we've got, is that we, we've maybe turned ourselves on, and that can be from people not being in the groove or whatever else, but... We do have the running game there, which obviously people have to prepare for, but we can actually put the ball through the air as well. So I think it, that may be the, the surprise of not what you see, but if you were looking at last season, you may have not have maybe picked on, on that, maybe and picked Gurley in, instead of. But I'll go with you first, Jordan, because we probably can guess who Aaron's going to say, but defensive player <laughs> or players of the season so far? I know he's not had the numbers. Save Waddle, so we can't. <laughs> Aaron Donald's still the main yeah. man. Um, he's still eating double teams, eating triple teams, still <laughs> got five sacks in the year. I think he's got the most tackles for a loss in the run game um, in the league still, even though he's getting double teamed and triple teamed. So I think he's he's still the best, best player on the team, still the best player on defence. But And you've got guys like... Dante Fowler that's been stepping up, especially recently with Clay Matthews, who was having a good year. Taylor Rapp, I think I'm kind of half skipping the question, but he does deserve recognition in this part as well. Um, has played well. Eric Weddle's played well as well. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, Corey Littleton's leading the, leading the team in tackles, had a, a couple of interceptions as well. So I think there's a lot more... Maybe not necessarily standouts, but there's a lot more production coming from more areas of the defence than there has been from the offence. <laughs> I was going to say, you've only missed the two we've traded, haven't I you? Know, I know, pretty much. Marcus <laughs> Peters has actually got the two interceptions as well, which still ties the team. So, Atlanta, man. No, but, I mean, right. the, the, there has been a few a few on defence that, that have stood out, but still going to be Aaron Donald that's your defensive MVP so far. Yeah. I'd, AD is my man. He is my... Cooper Cup is Tony's, AD is my man. Um, and I think he's probably most of the NFL. Um, 
I think you definitely got to give a shout out to Corey Littleton. I think he's definitely stepped up and had to even step up even further with obviously then claiming Matthews not being alongside him. Um, and like you say, I think you have got to give the shout out to someone like a, the Peters and and Talib. Obviously, they've left the left the franchise, but they definitely stood up and done what they done and. What you've actually heard from from Talib since he's left, it was all quite amicable. So it was nice, obviously, not to. When you look in professional sports, sometimes people can be quite bitter, but it actually shows the sort of camaraderie within that dressing room of exactly that everybody's sort of going for the same thing. But so let, let's have a wonder what. what Aaron, who, who's your defensive player of the year? So well, far? I'll tell you who's definitely not. Definitely not Weddle. Uh, <laughs> totally, totally unimpressed with that fella. <laughs> I think you guys pretty much covered it, uh, being the you know, first two up. Um, yeah, no, same thing. Sort of impressed with Littleton. He's carried on as he did last season, which is good to see. Um, obviously, you've got the obvious answer in Aaron Donald. I've been pretty impressed with uh, Taylor Rapp coming in as a rookie. So uh, he's done quite well. And, and Dante Fallow, as you say, coming in. He's had, he had a sort of good... I think first week he had a good game and he sort of tailed off a little bit in terms of sacks anyway. And then he's had quite... Successful couple of couple of games, so I mean, he's got himself up to six and a half sacks now, um, which I think is lead is le- leading us in our t- in our team. Matthew's yeah. got about the same. Was he about the same as well? Matthew's got six. Six. Okay. Yeah. So unfortunately, obviously, he's, he's come in to replace Matthews and um, <clears throat> carried that on really. So yeah. So that leads nice. That leads nicely <laughs> on to rookie of the year, which you both probably mentioned who you're probably going to go for. So. Argue amongst yourselves who's going to go first. <laughs> are we playing? Are we playing the game where I answer the next question? On no. the previous question. Probably. See if you can remember that's, which what the order I've done them in. <laughs> I just the way the Rams operate. He's the only one that you can really give it to. It's yeah. Just the, the last couple of years, they've not really played any rookies, so it's only really been one or two. Um, well, the only other one in the fold really is Henderson, isn't it? Yeah, and he's obviously. He's kind of only been starting to get more usage the last few weeks. Um, well, Edwards was the other one, obviously. We've, we've mentioned yeah. him. Yeah, he's only been in a couple of games as well. So yeah. Taylor Rapp's been in from week one, so he's the only he's the only guy you can give it to. And from what you heard on um, when he was wired, um, on I think it may have even been the London game, he loves it. Absolutely <laughs> loves it. And if you're sat next to him on the bench, you probably want to move. Because he is, he may have had a wire, but he seriously sounds wired during a match. He is completely in it, which is superb to hear. Yeah, I think he, he was definitely one of those plug-in-and-play uh, rookies that they were talking about right at the beginning of the season. So he's just obviously just gone slightly straight in there as expected and um, it's performing that way. So it's good to see. A little bit of a different one. Surprise player of the season so far, Jordan. Um, see, this is one again with the Rams. You've, you've not really got that many changes. Um, offensively, I think we probably kept most of the starters other than the, the two on the line. Um, defensively, um, I think Sebastian Joseph Day has been, been pretty good, but maybe, maybe Clay Matthews just for the fact that I think he's already got more sacks this season than he had the whole of last season. So it was one of them where you were, you weren't sure is he just coming in as a bit of a veteran presence, but 
where is he even going to play? Because he was starting to play a little bit more middle linebacker for the Packers, but he's obviously staying outside rushing. So I think maybe Clay Matthews having a bit more production than was maybe expected um, could be a bit of a, a surprise player, I suppose. Aaron? Yeah, he's uh, stole stole my one again. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, legitimately, I, I put down Clay Matthews because I think it was part of the story of him coming to us was, like he already mentioned, Jordan, about the last season wasn't particularly that outstanding. It was like, is he washed up? You know, is he too old? And he just come in and he's potentially playing one of his best seasons before the injury. So in terms of surprises, I mean, it's not like a surprise that a rookie's, you know, playing out of his skin, but... As a vet, who people were saying maybe washed up, he's he's done brilliantly. So he was definitely a surprise for me. And uh, obviously, we've already mentioned Taylor Rapp. Maybe it's been more successful. Maybe people expect from a rookie starting off coming into that system. So yeah, definitely Clay Matthews for me. I think Clay Matthews is the obvious one, but I think it could probably go back to we're talking about in Cooper Cup before as well. They may obviously be he'd be leading this comeback award and whatever else. But did any of us actually see him being? near on 300 yards ahead of any other wide receiver we've got within the team. Yes, the London game helped with 220-odd yards, however many it was, but he's also 20 receptions ahead of everybody else. So the the sort of where we've spoke on this pod previously about spreading, the, spreading it through the different receivers, I think we now potentially even see one him moving forward to be that number one receiver. So where you actually see what he can do, with the ball after he catches the ball, I think is second to none, really. So I think that would be mine in with Clay Matthews. I think Cooper Cup with exactly how much he stepped up. Um, just one other noticeable, maybe not just, you know, jumps off the page, but I think Troy Hill has, um, has done quite well filling in um, for the injured and the mm-hmm. tra- tra- transferred. Uh, he hasn't, doesn't seem, feel like he's given up too much, and he's been one of those rocky players in the past where you sort of get some, him he gets some bad he gets some bad press from people as well there's a lot see some people slagging him off but he just seems to get his head down and get on with his job yeah final one final one moment of the season so far for you two Jordan I'll start off with you um, probably going to be I'd imagine it'd be for everyone if not top three <laughs> then it's going to be Cooper Cup's touchdown um, in London so I don't think I've ever seen that play before um, obviously just being there as well made it a bit more special so that's that's moment of the season by far for me I think I preferred watching it afterwards being there was great I couldn't actually see where the ball was while we were there though no, I had a great view that was brilliant I, I put a picture up on one account um, of where I was and it was so he kind of caught the ball over my side and they kind of yeah. snapped the ball not far like in line with me so I, I, I knew it was a double reverse and then I saw obviously get thrown back to, to the golf as well and it was kind of at that point I kind of got confused there was what was happening because it's never <laughs> I'd never seen it happen before but no that was by far moment of the, the season so far Aaron? Yeah, well, I think Jordan said it. That again, that is my answer. We're getting through these questions quickly. Um, no, yeah, for sure. And I think, like you say, being there is a bit of the icing on the cake. Um, from my view, I was behind um, behind the team, so it's, I didn't know where to look really. I mean, when you saw it, Jordan, did you expect to be a double, or 
did you expect it to play out like that or was it just a single sweep you was expecting or no well they actually have run the double reverse a couple of times this season already so I, I, I don't know if that's part of the setting up for it it's not something that they've ran often because they ran it the first time this season I can't remember who it was against mind you and I think the last time I can remember them running it was like way back when it was Stedman Bailey that ran it um, against it was the Buccaneers way back that's the last time I can remember it or mm. remember it being a good one and then they started running it a couple of times this year and then so when I saw it I wasn't shocked but then when you see him throw it back to golf again that's when you you, you start to get a bit more alright what's going on here <laughs> and then um, obviously you see the, the Bengals defender Beckett as well on the on the turf and that <laughs> helps obviously but um, no I've, I kind of half expected the double reverse and then but it's when he throws it back to golf that it kind of goes off it goes off on a, a oh, bit yeah. of a what are they doing here? Yeah. I was worried old Higby was going to just fall over the back of Cup and <laughs> knock it down <laughs> it's like he was just falling he was falling for about 30 yards it looked like Higby and I thought oh, he's going to trip him up here <laughs> and luckily he didn't so that's good but yeah, no, that's uh, that's probably one of the highlights, isn't it? No, def- definitely, and, and and obviously that that one play being the moment. But I think the whole of the London weekend is, is sort of one one for me. I think it was fantastic. Obviously, what we had, and we went over enough of that. Obviously, last week, but meeting meeting everybody there was fantastic, and and it was always good earlier on in the season to to get the win over the uh, the Crybabies at being the Saints, and, and obviously they had another problem with a flag, so. Always made that a little bit sweeter as well, so that was always nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just a little off topic there, where we've obviously spoke about cups play and and the the double reverse and so on. You're seeing a lot more of these plays now in the NFL. I was trying to watch a little bit over the weekend, and you you see a lot more of the of the jet sweep, and you see a lot more of the handoffs and. That people like Lamar Jackson doing what he's doing. Do you guys, and again, this is a little bit off topic, which I've not really given you any sort of preparation for, but do you see the whole sort of NFL playbooks changing away from just your traditional throws and throw down the field and then you, you run to, you have to be a little bit more tricky to actually get through some of these defences? Jordan? I think they, they have to. They have to just because of the way that the college teams play. So basically, these guys are going through you know three or four years of college. Some in some cases five of playing these more wide open games. Then that's that's why like so Jared Goff when he came in. Well, obviously part of it's down to coaching staff, but he, he wasn't ready for what was it the first nine nine games or something then throw him in for the last seven and he's not ready to be an NFL quarterback it's why Dwayne Haskins at the Redskins right now doesn't look like an NFL quarterback it's and then you look at someone like Kyler Murray who we're obviously going to play for many years by the looks of it he's doing pretty well I mean he's not not setting the world on fire at the minute but he's you know he's he's playing well and that's because he's got a coach that's come in and brought a, a college playbook that suits them. So if these guys are playing these wide open systems where they're not under centre or they're not they're you know they're taking basically every snap out of the shotgun, you need you need to adapt your playbook for these guys and, and that's that's what we're seeing. Um 
it's the same with every position. It's not just the quarterbacks, it's the linemen. Um, they're all blocking for a guy that's standing in the shotgun for every snap. So if you all of a sudden change where the quarterback's lining up from and you've got a rookie lineman, like we saw with, well, I don't think Greg Robinson's any good, but again, you know, he, he struggled because he came from a, a system that wasn't used to to the way a, an NFL offense runs or traditionally runs. So um, they're all adapting, they'll have to adapt. And you actually look at the, the better offenses are the one that have adapted really well. Like, so the Chiefs, ourselves, the Ravens, um, Patriots are maybe the only one that run the more traditional, but that's because they've got a, a quarterback that's been around for 20 years or whatever. So um, He's about 74, yeah. isn't he, Brady? Yeah, so... You know, he's about the the only the only one, so it's all about adapting with the times. And and for a while they didn't, for many years they didn't adapt the coaches. But I think they're now finding out that maybe I don't know if they thought they were above the kind of college schemes and college level, but now they're kind of finding out that they they actually do kind of need it to open up the offenses and and use these guys coming from the college game. Mm. Aaron, anything to add on that? Well, I guess the different different sort of college plays that you might introduce all depends on what quarterback you have. Like you've already mentioned, Tom Brady and the Patriots probably play a bit more of a traditional. I mean, we have Goff, who I guess is definitely more of a pocket passer than he is one of these uh, Lamar Jackson get out or Wilson do a run or whatnot. Um, so you have to be a bit more clever with what you do with the ball back there, whether you do the, the sweeps or the reverse. Um, I don't know if uh, have you seen uh, I don't know like Kyler Murray or, uh, or Lamar Jackson having to do those type of things. I haven't particularly watched those those teams, but actually, when you've got a quarterback and just get out out wide and run himself, you don't necessarily need to do a lot of these sort of trickier plays. With Lamar Jackson, from what I've seen, he, he, you don't know what he's going to do next, and I think that's what the, the Ravens, which we will obviously discuss in in. I think isn't it the following week, isn't it, where we obviously play those guys. So it, we will go through that in a bit more detail. But you've no idea what he's going to do next. Will he hold it? Will he pass it off? Will it be a trick play? Will it be a throw down the field? Which gives Harbour an absolutely easy way of obviously he doesn't call the offensive plays, but it gives his team another chance to obviously do what he needs to do. But I watched a little bit of their game um, over the weekend, and he's a, he's a special kid. Um, you've just obviously then got to take some of his avenues away. Like I say, we'll, we'll probably delve into it a little bit deeper next week. But some of the plays that he was doing, it it, it does look like he's a, yeah he's special. So let's move on. That's our season review. We are in the position that we are. We, we've obviously picked out the players who we think are where they should be, and, and hopefully we will move forward. And, and as Wit says eight to win so move on Heinz Field this weekend in from what I read going to be very very cold conditions um, we were playing the Steelers who are four and four um, I suppose we we'll probably start there do you think the weather will have any sort of effect on us I know it wasn't exactly the warmest game that they had in London but from being a West Coast team Aaron do you think that will have any sort of problems for us no I mean, we say this every time, don't we? You have, whenever you play a, a team that's in a bit of colder climate. I mean, these guys have been in the cold before. So 
<laughs> and we played in the cold before. Like, it's only one I think it's more the first. I think it's more the fans that travel have to worry about it more than anything else. Yeah. The question is, is Goff going to put the glove back on? Because I know he had some trouble with that last season with the glove, but uh, no, it shouldn't be a major factor, should it? Really? I mean, I know you do a lot of sitting around between plays, which is more evident when you're actually at a live game, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, and the, these benches are all war- heated, aren't they? More often than not, which you could you could even see that when they were in London, that the benches were heated. But uh, got the Jordan, bikes on the side. Yeah, yeah. Jordan, anything to? What do you think? No, it's. I mean, Goff's kind of got this reputation for as if he's never, never been below you know twenty degrees Celsius. <laughs> I know because there, there'll be Americans listening that are thinking twenty degrees is really low, but. That's the way we work, and that's quite high, for, especially in my part of the country. So, um, it's you know, it's just one of those those things. Until, I mean, the Rams aren't going to play a lot of games in that weather anyway. Um, other than if they play in Seattle, kind of later in the year, um, divisionally anyway. Um, so obviously, the other ones are all kind of California or even Arizona's in the the dome. So, I mean. <laughs> They kind of struggled at times, but then you don't know if that's down to whether if he's just having bad games, such as the Bears game last year. Um, I think it's just going to be one of those things that he's always going to be tarnished with, if you like, whether it's true or not. Um, I think if you if you're going to start using the the weather as an excuse, you've got a major problem. Anyway, no, I think you're right. Good, think good, you're right. Team, good team should be able to beat all elements and everybody in front of them. So. I don't think. It seems to work the other way, does it? Don't see like them saying, right, when Pittsburgh come to LA, they're going to get too sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem to work that way. And do you know what? When, slipping out of their hand. When you actually look at it in, in other sports, the weather has made such a big more of a deal of it, maybe in football and soccer that we watch. If they try and play in the hot weather, it's a big deal. But there you go. Yeah, strange. So. You look at the Steelers, you, you look at the potential weapons that they have. Obviously, they are missing missing Big Ben. Aaron, do you see that as our go-to because of, of Big Ben not being there? Or do you see any of their players that could worry us? Well, like you say, they're 4-4. Four and four. They're, they're coming off of a three-game winning streak, I believe. So they're feeling confident. Obviously, we've got a two-game winning streak. I was looking at just from a statistical perspective, our defence-wise, I think we're ranked, they're ranked 10th and we're ranked 11th, or the other way around, but the statistics look pretty much the same. So that's a chance, obviously, um, for both teams to either break out. It's, it's all about how the offensive line stands up, I guess, for either team. Um, they're, they're 11, they're, we're 12. They're 11, we're... Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah, well, yeah. but the, the stats are generally the same. Um, but when you look at Big Ben and, and uh, Rudolph coming in, I mean he's, he has one three game straight, so I don't think it's necessarily a big advantage. He's obviously has some talent and he's 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 carrying them on some games, so he's got to play it like it's anyone else really. I'm not sure if he's a big uh, a big run guy. I don't believe he is. Is he on my way off there? Does he like to get out get out and run? Not that I've he, seen. Not that I've I think seen. He'll, he'll try, but well, he'll try as a last resort, kind of similar to Big Ben. But yeah, you know, he's, uh, if he needs to, he'll try. But it's not, it's not a Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray type guy. No. So as long as our guys on the edge, keep him inside and uh, let that let Donald do damage up the middle. I'm sure. 
Yeah, just looking at those stats, if you wanted to obviously go against them. So in the offense, we're 10, they're 28. Defense, we're 12, they're 11. Passing, we are 5th, they're 27th. And then on rushing, we're 20, they're 26. So this is not to, not to slag again, off. Again, we've Goff looked at stats on how many times, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like Goff has got quite good passing yards, if you like, but his rating is like in the bottom half of the quarterbacks, starting mm. quarterback. So it's not always a good one to look at, especially with the run game, you know, maybe suffering a bit more this year. So not always the best indication. Jordan, where do you see the, the weapons? What do you see that they could bring to us? Um... Well, I mean, like you've kind of pointed out, their offensive stats aren't great. So it's, you know, obviously their defense is, is playing well at the minute. Mm. Um, TJ Watt, who's JJ's brother, is is playing pretty well at the minute. Um, he's he's quite high up in the sack list, I think. Um, they had a pick six at the weekend as well. Saw that one. Um, Mike Fitzpatrick, who they got from the Dolphins, had the pick six um, against the Colts. So. I think their defence is um, certainly the stronger part of the team now, and it has to be with the likes of Big Ben out. James Connor's been out for a while, they're running back, so I don't yeah. know if he's going to be back. There was a kind of, I don't know if they'll rush him back or, or whatever. But I um, think I read in relation to the, the defence, I think they've got, are they the lowest sacks in the NFL? At seven, I think it was. Well, he's I mean, at seven and a half on his. They get five at the weekend, so. Right, yeah. okay. I don't know TJ. where I TJ's got seven and a half. Is that what it was? Right, okay, that's where I read that. Apologies. Um, the, the, the interesting thing is that the Mason Rudolph and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster don't really have a... doesn't look like they've really connected um, a lot. Juju's been pretty quiet, so um, that's probably why they're, they're offensively not, not doing as well, because he's obviously their number one receiver now with um, Antonio Brown. Uh, leaving and then doing everything else so um, you'll probably see Ramsey on him still quite a bit because he is still their best receiver um, maybe the guy to look out for is going to be James Washington um, him and uh, Mason Rudolph played together um, in college so they've obviously got a, a long standing relationship and, and chemistry on the field so um, he might be one of the guys to watch although looking at Sunday stats they had um, Jalen Samuels who is kind of a running back and receiver as well he's kind of one of them that used both both uh, both ways there he had 13 receptions at the weekend although most of them seem to have been short passes only for 73 yards so again they're kind of trying to use different parts since, since they can't get anything with uh, Juju going Okay. Okay. So, looking as against the Steelers, we do have a a good record against them um, overall, but we have lost the last three, and it does seem that it does seem to be that they are quite spread out, and it seems to be obviously in the schedule that they are quite spread out when we play them. So, Chris, yeah. just on that note, last the last three we've lost. You say, yeah, were they? Yes. Were they in Pittsburgh or were they? Um, so for the AFC teams, we only play them once every four years. Mm-hmm. So once goes alternates between home and away. So the last one would have okay. been in St. Louis. And it was twelve six. Yeah, oh, so Todd yeah, Gurley's way debut. Back then. Yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, Todd Gurley's debut. Um, where he only had like nine yards or something like that. Um, <laughs> 
that was where obviously coming off his ACL, um, yeah. they, they didn't rush him back, and that was that was into the season a few weeks when when he played. So I remember that one because I anticipated very much with that <laughs> Todd Gurley jersey that I'd bought when he when he got drafted, and then had about nine yards the full game. Yeah, you've got, you've got the, one before, the one before that was Christmas Eve, two thousand eleven. I did not know that. So you play you play AFC teams only once every four every years. Four years. Yeah, because you basically the schedule. I could go through the full how it works, but I'll probably confuse myself at one point. But you basically <laughs> go through the AFC divisions one one a year. So like so we played the AFC West last year. So obviously the North this year will be the East next year then the South and you switch home and away so you only play in Pittsburgh once every eight years basically mm, very interesting I didn't know that see we are full yeah. of absolutely no. wonderful knowledge on this podcast yeah. you're very mainly very from, people <laughs> mainly from Jordan but mainly anyway. from Jordan yeah most of the time <laughs> me and you get it all wrong <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking about defensive players and offensive questions so. <laughs> and talking yeah. about getting it all wrong let's do predictions yeah. <laughs> what, what, go over what we said last time. Well, no, we, we had a fire, didn't we? So there was no predictions. But no did predictions. Did we go on what we got wrong last uh, for the Wembley game? Well, we all got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Quite simply, uh, we oh, were I not expecting the Bengals to score as many points as they did. We were all pretty close in relation to the the actual scoring of what we did, probably within five to sort of ten points. But no, we all didn't expect the Bengals to score what they did. But um, Jordan, I'll give you the honour. What's your prediction? Um, I think it's going to be tighter than maybe you would have thought a few weeks ago. When the, I think they were, well, yeah, they're on a three three game win streak, so they were one and four. So this was one you were kind of looking at. Okay, after the bye, you've got a, an easy game, but I don't think it's going to be as as easy um, as we once thought. But I still think the Rams will win. Um, I'll go twenty four seventeen. Okay, I'm going to go next, and I'm going to go similar, but I think it will be twenty four ten. I think, like you say, it'll be one of them kind of games, but I think we will will do what we need to do. Aaron, yeah, I'm going to go for twenty eight twenty one. Oh. That's a close one. I don't like that. I don't know why. I'm just, just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they are in the book. We'll see what happens, and we will probably not refer to them next week because we probably all get them wrong. <laughs> um, so we know this is obviously normally where we come on sort of news around the NFL and around the Rams, but one thing I am probably going to start with is that other <laughs> game in our division this week. The 49ers play the Seahawks. What do we want to happen? Where do we what do we want the score to be? So, Erin, what what's your thoughts? What what do we want to happen this week in that game? Well, we were saying before we uh, kick the podcast off. Obviously, the 49ers are eight and zero. Could quite easily go at eight and eight, but it's unlikely. Um, is it too late to catch them? Just let them run away of it and try and get the next best record for a wild card spot. Uh, personally, I'd rather see Seattle beat them and just have faith that we're going to win enough games to 
at least get second and uh, or possibly overtake. I think the 49ers have enough games coming up where they definitely can lose it. I know, obviously, they've done so well so far, but I think they've got the Ravens, the Saints, um, I can't remember the other team, but they've got a, a tough three-week period where they could definitely lose. And obviously, they've got to play us and Seattle uh, again. So there's definitely five games they could lose, for sure. Obviously, if they win one of those, it's going to make it a lot tougher. But I'd rather, personally, I'd rather see Seattle beat 49ers. And I know Tony would probably rather see that too. Because he, he hates them. He really doesn't like them. <laughs> I should probably know the answer to this, but where's it being played? Uh, it's in San Francisco. It's in San Francisco, okay. So I think I, I, think I agree. I think I don't want to see the Seahawks beat them, just so they're obviously still not unbeaten. Um, but no, I think it potentially could sort of rock the apple cart a little bit and, and maybe put a little bit of doubt in their mind going into their next game, which will obviously help everybody and help us. And I, I think that's, we don't want the division to be too far gone. I think you still need to have that urge to be able to go at it. If it, if they obviously go nine and no, I think it's just a, taking it a little bit too far. If you've still got that within touching distance, I think that still gives you that mindset of obviously going after it. Um, so yeah, I think it in on that basis, I think it'd have to be the Seahawks for me, Jordan. Uh, I'm kind of kind of torn. Hard, isn't it? Because <laughs> um, you've obviously obviously what you want to the main aim is to win the division at the start of the, the year. That's your that's your first goal. Um, the only way you're going to do that is if obviously San Francisco start losing games. So that would tell you that you want Seattle to win, but. Then when you when you kind of we're getting to this obviously we're in the second half of the season you're starting to look at wild card spots and one of the big problems the Rams have just now is that there's three losses have come against teams in the NFC and that is one of the the tiebreakers for you know your standings so if for example the Rams finished the season and they had more NFC losses than the team in the sixth seed. Even though they had the same record, the Rams would be out of the playoffs. So you need to start looking at things like that. Obviously, you've got divisional records. The Rams are on two. Um, so do you want the Seahawks to drop one so that they they obviously don't have a perfect... Well, they've only played themselves. I don't think they've played Arizona yet. Um, I was going to say, uh, Jordan, what if, we beat, what if we beat Seattle and 49ers? So it's like one apiece. How does that work? Uh, so it starts going into mental stuff. like. Uh. <laughs> So, well, the, the next the next one would be the, the <laughs> conference um, stand uh, record, I think. So, there's a lot of different factors that go into it. So, I'm kind of kind of more going for a San Francisco win in this one, which Tony will probably try and kick me out of the group and everything. But <laughs> I think when you, it's your first warning. Yeah, um, <laughs> Tony has said to us he will listen to the podcast in the morning yeah. traveling on a train. So I feel yeah. sorry for everybody in the carriage at this present moment in time. Yeah, I just think when you start you start looking at as the as the division gone, <laughs> if it is, then you need to start looking at wild cards and and the Seattle is one of the main rivals for the wild cards. So I think that's that's kind of the, the direction I'm going in. To be honest. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer because we all hate them both. Yeah, both. Definitely. Definitely. It's, it's a tough one. 
like that Gary Neville, uh, famous Gary Neville kind of analogies used now when he was talking about did he want City or Liverpool to win the league and it was like which one do you want to sleep with your wife or something like that that's the yeah kinda... I think that's exactly what it was Gary Neville being that's... an English footballer who played for Manchester United as a reference yeah so that's <laughs> the kind of analogy you're looking for just now <laughs> okay so what are we reading what have we been seeing in the league um, the Rams bye week I think one of the main sort of things that have been coming out is is in relation to Brandon Cook's um, we read that he has, from what I see, obviously been checked and protocol has, has been passed as far as I see. Is that is that right me saying so? Well, it's actually just kind of been breaking as we've been been, been doing this, that he's going to oh. see another specialist, so he's out this week. So oh, okay, he's not go. going to be playing. Um, <clears throat> expect, expectation is that Reynolds will step up, as you would expect. But Brandon Cooks is out this week. Oh, OK, there you go exclusive but by the time you listen to this you will have probably seen it for however long but there you go <laughs> anything else we've seen <laughs> hasn't been a lot Ram stuff obviously with the bye week the players got until Monday off so um, not been much the injury report obviously I think the first one's out tonight so it'll be maybe as we're sleeping um, given the time difference so mm-hmm. not, been a, not been a huge amount to be honest I think we talk about the break-in at the moment. Obviously, a lot of delay in people listening to this, but uh, they expected uh, Matthews and Malcolm Brown to be back uh, for week 10 as well, unless there's any setbacks. So that'll be interesting to see how they share that role with Matthews and, and Fowler. Um, and then, obviously, Brown coming back will probably slot straight back in, I assume, in front of Henderson. Uh, so, Yeah. That's the only thing at the moment, it looks like. Anything else around the NFL that we've, we've seen? Anything else to need commenting on? I think it's been the full London thing, the, the news. And then it was obviously, you know, quite harshly uh, denied, shall we say, by mm. Thanos. But that's, that's just one that's been dragging on for years now. And it's probably going to drag on until it either does happen or they come out and say they're never going to do it, the NFL. It's just going yeah. to be one of those things. So it was always that thought that the Jags would do it. But now yeah. it seems that everybody, and, and there's been a lot of talk, obviously, in relation to the Chargers. And like you say, their Twitter reaction was, was quite strong. Um, <clears throat> and, and there was lots of talk on different Twitter things, even on our uh, Facebook and Twitter pages. There's been people having their own views on it and so on and we 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 always asked the question by some of the the american guys that came over uh we were sat there having lunch and they says well if if there was a a franchise come over to london would you change and and it was a very swift and quick answer for me of no um once a ram always a ram and yeah i would obviously go and watch if the Rams came over and maybe even if I go and watch another game, if the Rams weren't coming over to get the opportunity to, to see some live NFL, but you never, I'm never going to change my allegiances from, from where I'm at. And I think potentially that could be their biggest hurdle. Is actually I mean, that. Talking about the support, I know uh, obviously Jordan, you've been going back and forth with some people on Twitter about, about this. I, I don't believe that it will get the home field advantage as such as what maybe what they'd expect it to. But, I don't think you can deny where Jacksonville 
guaranteed four years of being the home team coming over here that there suddenly was a lot of Jags fans going to Wembley. But I don't think there's enough to sustain it like most sports over here where you're going to have that home field advantage. It's going to be just general NFL fans coming to watch a game and there'll be well, neutrals. I, I think that's the, the thing. I mean, we could probably make this a podcast of its own and it would, to be fair, it would probably most be, mostly be me ranting because it has been me on Twitter if you've, anyone's seen the account and it's... but And interestingly enough, the Jags could have been the Rams like in terms of the, the Rams signed the deal to play in London for however many years it was. Don't know what the, the initial one was. I think it was four, four years. years, yeah. And then after after the first one didn't go too well, they kind of cancelled it and the Jags took it over. So that could have been the Rams, but obviously, obviously <laughs> times have changed and everything's happened since. But again, going on to the... Yeah, you see a lot of fans there and there's a lot of different teams there. But I'll, the thing is as well, it's not... Not everyone's from London. London's a much... No, sorry, the UK's a much bigger place than just London. And yes, it's obviously a lot smaller than the likes of America. But for the likes of myself, I couldn't I couldn't take on a season ticket because I wouldn't be able to get back home on the, like, on the Sunday if you'd done the one... If we were talking about, you know, every or eight Sundays a year, I'd need to take eight Mondays off. I'd be paying for flights, I'd be paying for hotels, and it's just not it's just not something that everyone can afford. So there's a major issue of yeah, there's the fan base overall in the UK to support a team, but it's the UK overall, it's not just London. I mean no, none of us here are from London and again I've you know, I c I can't make that travel. It's only an hour and a half flight, but with the times you don't get flights all night here, so it's you know I'm I'm not getting back up the road until a Monday and you know that's a, a day off work extra money etc. So I just don't think it's a, sustainable from that point of view. Never mind all the the different issues that I've got with it, which I've laid a bit out on Twitter and I've got a lot more, but I'll I'll save them because we'd be here for <laughs> a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, we've still got to edit this. Yeah, the short of it, it's not going to work. <laughs> And it's not particularly wanted, I don't think. Well, yeah, I think the NFL would like it to work, which is the whole reason why I think they've potentially paid for half of Tottenham's new stadium. They wouldn't have put what they've put in if they didn't want to do something with it. And yes, Tottenham was was taken in a fantastic form for obviously the two games it had. However, you've got people that, for bringing the games over here, don't think that that stadium is big enough when you could actually sell Wembley out four times. I did so, not realise that there was houses literally right next door to it. Yeah, it is in the middle <laughs> that of... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's why our lane has always been the same. Another issue, but just because... Well, I'll use the word soccer. Um, like Those teams are, have always been community-based, so mm-hmm. most stadiums, unless they're brand new stadiums... Well, Tottenham's is, but it's in London. You're not going to get the space to do it. No. A, you know, a, a whole area. So all of these stadiums, whether it's even up here, most of them are, you know, you walk you walk down the next street and there's houses you're in, and you, or, you know, you're, you're in streets of houses and you're just in a community because that's how they were started here. It's not like, you know... You can even say that about Wembley now. We, we all walk around Wembley oh, and for yeah. people that only went to Wembley a few years ago, look how much that's now building up around there. They yeah. are... And, and I think... 
the the Rams' new stadium is is, is going to have a community base around it. That's the whole reason of putting it where it is. So it, the, but, it, so, the thing is, the Rams are building it, and look at the size of the, the area that they managed to get, which exactly. is probably is, that's going to be rare in major cities. Mm. That 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 piece of land that they managed to get, um, you're not going to get that in London. And if you could get it in London, they wouldn't give you it for a sports stadium. No. Um, even if you promised to build all these houses and stuff, you you wouldn't get it over here. So that's one of the issues you've got. So you know that's there's no tailgate at, at Tottenham Stadium. Uh, you, there's bars inside the stadium. I've I wasn't there myself, but I've seen the pictures and stuff. So you know you can you can do that. But there's you're probably if you're going to base them at Tottenham, you're probably missing out on a lot of the NFL culture that you've got in America as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, a little bit of a switch up, Aaron. You've got the questions this week. Yes, I do. So let's start off with an easy one. Well. So, uh, Gary Cook on Facebook has said, any news on Malcolm Brown's return? Obviously, I just touched on he's due back this week if there's no setback, so that's that one answered. Uh, Luke Nicklin, is is Cup having a potential offensive MVP season, uh, Chris? He's not a quarterback. What? Quarterbacks only win that award. That is true. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> Sorry, that's my... Uh... That's my NFL dig, but it, is he having an MVP? I don't know if he maybe means off, the player of the year. But yeah, I think then, yeah, potentially, but MVP, no. Not even me. offensive, even offensive player of the year. That's going to work Christian McCaffrey unless he gets injured. So mm. uh, McCaffrey's having a Todd Gurley type season of twenty, what was that twenty seventeen when he won it? That's a similar season, and he's carrying a team, isn't he? <clears throat> Yeah, back. So, perhaps a good season. Jules... I think the Sorry. comeback play of the year one is going to be the the one that he can win. Um, yeah, and potentially go for um, all pro as well. The kind of you know not pro pro bowl as well, but obviously that's fan voted. That's that's a shambles that award. Um, I'd want that <laughs> in the year probably. Um, all pro is probably the, the. I think that would be the major one for Cup. To be honest, I think that'd be a really good one for him to get. Cool. Right, shout out to Sonny. He was at the uh, Borough Boy and Banker and the whole weekend, loving life. Loving life. You guys all <laughs> met, met met Sonny. I mean, he introduced himself to everyone. Oh yes, he did. He's getting, good, good lads. Good lads. Selfies with everyone. He's throwing a question our way. Is it worth replacing Cooks? as these concussions are a regular thing now. He's had two this season, as far as I'm aware, and he's probably had a couple more in his career. Um, I think he's had five overall. Say that again, John, sorry? I think he's had five overall. Right, okay, career. yeah. It's not ideal, is it? I think we've seen that about film, it. Concussion. Yeah, and that's exactly where I was going with it. I think you've, you've got to think of someone's health away from the game. And like I think I said last week, I think it could be taken out of his hands... There's not many you hear where they have to go and see a second specialist when they go into sort of the concussion protocol. And it's it's it, I think it's got to be a worry for him. I think it's got to be a worry for the franchise. And we, we've we both, well, we've seen in our franchise that, that our two cornerbacks have obviously just been traded out, which we weren't really expecting. This is a business that they are in effectively. And if they don't see that one of their main assets is going to be able to produce because there is that op- 
option of potentially that he could get injured, I think they may have to make a decision. The decision may actually be made for them via the medical staff, but it is a worry, definite worry, because like we said, again, he, the way he seems to dip in, into a tackle or how he positions himself, it that that's an instinct thing. It's not probably something he can't change, and, and if you can be coached out of it, I'm not sure, but I think I mean, decisions are being... Well, they may be having discussions internally, but who knows? He's, I mean, he's, even from a personal perspective, obviously as a competitor and an athlete, in the NFL, he probably wants to carry on playing, but I mean, he's still only 26. Like, is it? He's he's probably made enough money to you know <laughs> be be comfortable. Um, it's whether he'd want to carry on. I mean, is it worth it if you're going to just keep? You know, we don't know what the long terms for sure. Whether he's going to get issues. I mean, it's, it, I, I just don't know if it's worth it from from a physical perspective. Um, it's not like he's been. Um, just the odd guy that comes in as a backup and getting banged up. He's, you know, he's made probably quite a bit of money already. And at age 26, can you, can you see yourself doing this for another... I don't know. What's the average, what's the average retirement time for a wide receiver? Well, no running backs don't last that long, but... I'd say for him, he's maybe got a bit less than average just because a lot of his is obviously based on his pace and, that, and obviously being a smaller guy as well, he's... He's kind of not limited in what he does, but you know, once that pace goes, that's kind of his main main attribute gone. But I mean, there's a couple of aspects to this. Obviously, the one is his own personal health. So I think it's you know a case of the Rams replacing him. It's it's going to be Cooks taking himself out the firing line. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the Rams have you know said to him, "This is obviously your fifth one. We want you to see someone else." Because by all accounts, the last last time he had a concussion as well he, he wasn't showing any symptoms by the Monday so he's obviously recovering from them quick enough but it's going to be a case of is the next one the one that you don't fully recover from and is it worth taking that risk so I think that's maybe why they've sent him to another one um, and then the other aspect of it is the, the more selfish one I think we touched on this the last time that the, the contract 5 years 81 million and the Rams are going to be you know, on the line for quite a lot of that because he's only in his second year of that deal. So mm. it's probably not until the end of next year that the Rams start, you know, kind of getting on the right side of that contract, if you like, and, and aren't, don't owe him as much money um, against the cap. Uh, that's the kind of selfish point of view. So I think it's something that they'll, they'll all need to make a decision on, but I think it's going to probably going to rest on Brandon Cooks and what he wants to do. Okay, we'll take uh, just a one answer um, for this one. Uh, Mark Birch, what do we find more frustrating than the, the fact the winers are eight and zero, or the fact we are five and three? I think the fact we're five and three. Yeah, both. <laughs> I was going to go with eight and zero. That's because I can almost, based on our prediction, we can live with the five and three. But it just so happens the 49ers are eight and zero, which is a bit annoying. Yeah, but um, even if the were six and two, they're at the the Niners could be seven and one, so we've got to yeah. look at our own our own record. True that, true that. Right, next uh, question. Uh, we've covered some of these, so let's have a look. Uh, Andy Hutchison on Facebook: Are we looking this year and next year as a rebuild, 
why the season seems to be going, the way the season seems to be going, we're already out of playoff contention. Are we relying, because we're relying on teams to lose? Doesn't really seem like a rebuild year, does it? I think it's maybe talking about next off season and the year after that. I don't think we're quite there yet, are we? No, I mean, if I was getting called negative the other week, I don't know what Andy would be getting called. I don't think we're, we're not out of playoffs yet. I mean, yeah, but, but in a That's sense, panic, isn't it? That's a panic button, yeah. that is. We're relying on some yeah. teams to beat, but at the minute, we're a game down on, like, some Minnesota who are above us. Um, they play Dallas, so that could be a loss for them. So you're already looking at the Rams could be in a position for the playoffs at the end of this week if everything goes well so no I mean I don't think rebuild's the right word either uh, retool or reload maybe yeah, I think replenish, replenish yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, I think there is a lot of free agents and stuff coming up this year so it's I think that's why they're trying to lock up the likes of Jalen Ramsey now with the, with the trades for Tlaib so that they can try and pay him as early as possible and release cap space for, for later years. So I'll, I'll leave that to the, the likes of Les Sneed and uh, the guy that we saw in uh, London as well, Tony Pasteur, who does all the contracts. They, they're the guys that are going to you know, try and release the cap space through these deals because I don't have the, the first clue on, on cap room and stuff. Um, but... No, I don't think it's rebuild or whatever playoffs yet. So, Andy, you're negative. Tom, Tom asked Kevin Dimoff, will Jalen Ramsey get paid? And he just sort of give a little smirk. So, I think we're all good. <laughs> That's probably his default face to any, every question. True. When he did that face is, are the Rams moving to LA? <laughs> smirk. <laughs> no, he's just buying all that land for fun. Right, and I'll do one more. This is a... Uh, uh, Anthony Saunders, uh, what are the key battles or challenges we need to win to overcome the Steelers? Jordan? I think some of the battles are kind of our own battles, if you like. We need to get into an offensive rhythm pretty quickly. It's not something that we've necessarily done, you know, throughout the season. I think in terms of what the Steelers have, we've kind of already, already covered. We, we know what the main threats are, and it's, you know... On offense, it's going to be Juju if they can finally get him going. Potentially going to be James Conner if he's back, but if not, you know it's going to just be up to the defense to keep it tight the way they have the last couple of weeks. Um, and then it's going to be on Jared Goff to 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 not produce any turnovers, um, and hopefully our offensive line can can finally get the the run game going, which isn't going to be easy this week because the Steelers do have a, a pretty decent defense, but. I think the battles that the main battles we've got are, are getting ourselves up to up to speed pretty quick coming off a bye week. Chris, no, I, I don't think there's much to, to to add on to that. I think I think Jordan's right. I think actually the biggest battle is is actually ourselves and getting into that rhythm and, and mixing it up with with the run and the pass. I think we just need to con- if we concentrate on what we do well, we will win the game. Uh, I think our, our defence will be strong enough to sort of nullify what they've got and I think we've got enough weapons to so they should be more worried about us than, than we are of them really Well that's, uh, that's all the questions there Chris Thank you very much for everybody's questions as per usual we appreciate it 
The final point from me is people obviously follow us on our social media platforms, on, on especially on Facebook and Twitter, may have actually seen, and you may have also seen myself, Aaron and Tony, definitely professionally modelling the LA Rams UK polo shirt uh, at the London Games on the Saturday at the, the Barrow Boy and Banker. These T-shirts are available. So if somebody on here would like one of those T-shirts, please contact us on one of the social media platforms where we can put an order through and we are definitely going to be doing an order through because people are are interested in them we can arrange obviously for the for the postage over across the pond as well or anywhere within the world obviously costings will be amended due to that but no these these obviously we, we want to obviously get people having that brand out there and, and to see them out in the tailgates would be fantastic to see so if anybody's interested in, in one of those polo shirts please let us know and, and we're going to be putting an order through in, in the coming weeks. Anything to add on that, gentlemen? No, it's all good for me. Yep, yep, covered that. Okay, so so that's us for this evening. Thank you very much all for listening. We will be back, hopefully, to discuss the W against the Steelers next week. See you later, guys.